What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the 30 to 1 MLB Countdown Team Previews for the year of 2023. I'm John Pielli. Of course, this is brought to you by JohnPielli.com. Um, it's the 12th annual 30 to 1 MLB Countdown Team Previews. Started out in blog form in the year of 2012. And for those of you that don't know, I look at the over-under projections from Las Vegas and others. And I see where I feel a team's win total is going to be projected. I come up with my own win totals, I total them up, and then I rank them from 1 to 30. 1 being the highest win total, 30 being the lowest win total. And then I start my previews by previewing the worst team first, which is number 30. I move my way all the way down to number 1 with the team I project will have the most wins. Today I'm going to talk about the Houston Astros, a team that won the World Series in 2022, also did the same in 2017, have been to three other World Series, which they haven't won. That's 2005, where they lost to the White Sox, 2019, where they lost to the Washington Nationals, and of course 2021, when they lost to the Atlanta Braves. But you're looking at the Astros, the outlook should be very good, the defending World Series champion. And one of the things that stands out is not so much about the team just being good last year. It's the fact that they're a very well-run organization. And it's very easy to dispute that if you wanted to. You could say Jeff Lutonow was there for a while. He built this thing. James Click was the general manager for the past couple of years. He was let go, and now Dana Brown comes over for the Atlanta Braves. So it seems like there's a lot of moving parts. But what has stayed very stable is the foundation that was built by Lutonow to develop younger players, have them ready to contribute immediately at the major league level. And you start to see, you're starting to see the results of the Astros being in six consecutive American League Championship Series and being able to withstand the loss of some really good players by having the type of players that are ready to come up and play. Carlos Correa leaves as a free agent. In comes Jeremy Pena. He, he arguably, you know, they, they probably wouldn't have won the World Series without him. Justin Verlander leaves as a free agent to join the Mets. And you still look at the team's rotation of having really good, solid arms to be able to not only compete, but to be expected to win the American League West. Not only that, but to be expected to go out there and compete for another World Series championship. Now, they lost Justin Verlander. They lost Yuli Gurriel, who wasn't as good last year, but was very valuable for them for years in the past. Christian Vasquez the catcher they brought in at the trading deadline last year, left as a free agent to join the Minnesota Twins. Alemis Diaz is now playing for the Oakland Athletics. Jake Gardarisi is now pitching for the Texas Rangers. One of their major gains, they were able to use some of that Verlander money, and I don't think it was for a lack of interest in wanting to bring Verlander back. He, he took a better offer from the Mets, but they used some of that money to bring in Jose Abreu. One of, still one of the premium power hitters in Major League Baseball. He's had a great career since he joined the Chicago White Sox. Certainly adds an element to the Houston Astros lineup. And you look at what could be expected from Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, Alex Bregman, one through three. You got Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez, who I thought was one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball offensively last year. Abreu maybe bats fifth, Kyle Tucker sixth. Michael Brantley, who you know 
can roll out of bed after any injury and go out there and still hit 300. The question is going to be, how many games is he going to miss this year? Is he going to be able to play a full season? If he does, that's a 300 batter in your lineup and always uh, a tough out. Uh, Chaz McCormick made that huge catch in the World Series in Philadelphia last year. We'll be playing center field and Martin Maldonado, the all-defense, no-hit catcher, is going to be behind the plate this year. He does such a great job running a pitching staff. And like I said, when you got somebody like Justin Verlander winning the Cy Young, and you're able to just kind of shoo it aside saying, you know what, we got enough in regards to our starting pitching to be able to not only compete, but be expected to win the division again and compete for another World Series championship. Lance McCullers being healthy for a whole season helps. Framber Valdez is really the uh, kind of uh, inherited ace of this staff. He's been great over the last couple of years. Christian Javier did something incredible last year, was part of two no-hitters, one of now seven players in baseball history to start two no-hitters in one season. Yes, they were both the combined version, but listen, MLB, Major League Baseball itself, has led to pitchers not pitching longer in the games. Pitchers don't pitch complete games anymore because it's something that is kind of influenced by Major League Baseball and data and analytics. So why are you all of a sudden going to be hard on a pitcher that can't pitch nine innings when they've given up no hits when they never pitch nine innings anymore? So congratulations to Christian Javier being the seventh pitcher in baseball history to be part of two no-hitters in one season. Um, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy round out the rotation. And they got a little depth there. Hunter Brown, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit, is, is ready. He's ready to go out there and make 20, 30 starts. He may be a middle to top of the rotation pitcher once it's all said and done. You look at their bullpen, Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero, who they gave a three-year contract to, has come into his own. Hector Neris, Phil Maton, Brian Abreu, who was just great last year, one of the harder-throwing pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, and the before-mentioned Brown, if he's not making starts for them. Austin Davis and Ty Butchery are in their minor league contracts. Maybe they help out a little bit. When it comes to the offense, uh, the lineup is going to be pretty solid. Uh, Mauricio Dubon, Jake Myers, David Hensley, I think they're all capable players that can help in regards to injury and also come off the bench. Dixon Machado's on a minor league deal. He has a little bit of versatility. Um, if he doesn't make the team, maybe he, you could pull him off a AAA if, if needed. Uh, when it comes to their top prospects, um, I like Hunter Brown. I think he's got a live arm, maybe a little bit of command issues here and there, but I think once he stabilizes himself, he's going to be just another pitcher. You're going to say, wow, the Astros got another starting pitcher. You're going to start, you know, it's not that hard to understand why, with all due respect to Justin Verlander, it's okay to let him go. The Astros are in good shape. They felt that way when Garrett Cole was a free agent, and they ended up letting him walk to go join the New York Yankees. So, when it comes to the catching position, I think this is one thing that you say, all right, they won a World Series championship, and Martin Maldonado, what, he hit 160, 170 last year, ran into a couple balls. Yes, he, he could hit a home run every once in a while, but you obviously understand his value as a defensive catcher, as a guy commanding the pitching staff. Two top prospects they have, Corey Lee, who we've seen at the major league level, and Yaner Diaz are both probably better offensive players than Maldonado, and the question is going to be how ready are they 
to be able to handle a young pitching staff, uh, a pitching staff that needs some guidance, a, a pitching staff that's going to need uh, a catcher to kind of be on the same page as them. So I think they're working with Corey Lee, trying to have him be that guy. But Yaner Diaz hit 25 home runs in AAA last year. Could help out, certainly behind the plate as a catcher, if he's ready defensively, but also to hit a little bit. Now you got Abreu and you got Jordan Alvarez, two guys that I don't know if you really want them to be both in the field at the same time. So it's interesting to see how it works out. They have the the Astros have an outfielder by the name of Justin Durden, who hit over 300 with a 900 OPS last year, 24 home runs, 100 runs uh, batted in, and 82 runs scored. I think he could help them in an injury type of situation. He may be better off playing in AAA for another season, but I like his potential. And there's a pitcher by the name of Misiel Tamares, who is ranked 13th amongst their 30 prospects. 142 strikeouts and just over 121 innings last year. I, I, I look at him in the mold of a Hunter Brown or a Brian Abreu. Somebody with a live arm, they could put in the bullpen, he could get, he could get some outs, blow some hitters away. Obviously, the Astros with a ton of pitching. I think they still have a lot of good young talent. And it's hard to pick against them when it comes to the American League Western Division. If you haven't followed my win totals, they're all down throughout baseball. The Astros won 106 games this past year. The fact that I have them winning 98 games this year is not meant to be an insult. In fact, only one team in baseball I project is going to have more wins than the 2023 Houston Astros. So I got them at 98-64, and 64, number two overall in baseball, but most importantly, first in the American League West Division and first in regards to the entire American League in regards to win totals. So it's a, I don't think you can get any more praise from a team. Uh, we'll see how it ends up turning out. Obviously, turn in, tune in to the rest of my team previews if you haven't already. If you're interested in my content, you could check out the Past Ball Show either on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and, of course, the videos on YouTube. God bless you, and as always, i see you on the other side.